I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Bo Maddox. And this is Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema. March 18th, somewhere in South Texas, Collateral Media Studios. <laughs> Court is now in session for the trial of Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, as presided by Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are recording straight from somewhere in South Texas, as mentioned. And uh, yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it, my friends. Salary-cutting noises. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, gum fuck. Yeah, you get what you deserve. All cops are bastards. All cops are bastards, especially Mike Meekins. Especially Meekins and especially Gumfuck. <laughs> especially Gumfuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, we do have Collateral Cinema joining us for this episode, as this is technically the second part of a uh, collab on the Ace Attorney franchise. I mean, we did Takashi Miike's Ace Attorney movie on Collateral Cinema, right, Bo? Yeah, and that was interesting then, and I I hadn't really gone through the game uh, properly, you know? I've I've kind of seen, like, uh, bits and pieces of it, but now that I've really seen the game in action and compared it to the movie, it's like, wow. It's like, that's like one of the first movies to really adapt uh, its source material's gameplay, like, almost like note for note. No kidding, dude. So anyway, we are here to talk about the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy this month. Uh, This uh, part one, we're actually going to focus on the first game of the franchise, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, known in Japan as Gakuten Saiban or Turnabout Trial. So, but before we get into that, of course, uh, before we go over the facts of the case, we are going to talk a little bit about the news because, I mean, first of all... (laughs) It's been a while since we've actually had a proper numbered episode on Collateral Gaming. Uh, The past couple months, it's just been a struggle getting everybody together and, um, you know, just lives being busy and shit. But uh, glad to be back with another regular episode. And so, uh, yeah, just going to kind of cover everything that's gone on since January. Indeed. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's uh, gone on uh, since the beginning of the year in the world of gaming, right? Yeah. So... Uh, first of all, this actually just happened uh, yesterday, but uh, uh, rest in peace, Mr. Lance Reddick. Yeah, it was all over Twitter. Uh, uh, when I was at work, I, I saw it, and it's like, oh, man, he was in uh, John Wick. He was in The Wire. I mean, he, he was a character actor in some very important movies and, yeah. and TV shows. And it's like, man, just, man, he was only 60. It's like just out of nowhere. Damn. Exactly, man. It's it's fucking it's really sad. It just came out of nowhere, sudden, apparently natural causes, but Yeah. And I mean, he's one of those actors that you know you've seen him somewhere in some popular franchise or some movie along the way, you know. He's notable to the gaming industry because of uh not only his work in the recent Resident Evil uh, adap- uh, Netflix adaptation for better or for worse, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would like to believe he's probably the best part of that, but I haven't watched it yet. And as well as his work as uh, Silence in Horizon uh, Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West, both uh, games we've done on the podcast. And man, he was just phenomenal uh, doing the voice and uh, motion capture performance in those games i mean ah oh man my heart aches and like you know i'm kind of wondering you know what they're gonna do about his continued role in the the next game you know yeah i mean i'm not familiar with his roles in the those games by the I, way i haven't really played them but th- that's I assuming mean, he survives the events of the of horizon forbidden west i never beat it so <laughs> oh i got you. I, I i got you i got I don't you know. 
but yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a phenomenal loss for the world of television, the world of film, the world of gaming. I, know. I mean, yeah, he's just somebody that has just been a stalwart of all those uh, particular communities, and yeah, it's it's very very sudden and very very tragic. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, our hearts go out to his family and whatnot. I mean, that that fucking sucks. He was only sixty, man. That's that that's very young, scarily young. Like, really? No shit, bro. Well, um, in uh, better news, we did get a Nintendo Direct during this gap of time. Uh, and, I, and we did actually cover Metroid Prime Remastered as a, as a game launch review uh, last month. But uh, I really wanted to actually kind of go over some of the stuff that, w- that happened at the Nintendo Direct. Because I think it was, like, the, the best news I've heard. I mean, I, I think all three of the uh, gaming companies, uh, Microsoft, Sony, and nintendo are not showing up at e3 so like when the nintendo direct all all the attention was on that so we did get in addition to a shadow drop of metroid prime remastered which is fantastic check out our episode on that uh we also got a new uh tears tears of the kingdom trailer and obviously more hyped than ever to play that fucking game. I cannot wait for it to come out in may i know already it's going to be my game of the year Awesome. Yeah. I mean, new new Zelda is always an event, you know. I mean, I'm not even that much of a Zelda fan. Even I understand, you know, the hype behind it, you know, because, I mean, they do at least try to expand the gameplay on in every uh, in every iteration. So, yeah. Yeah. And even though this one is definitely going to be very similar to Breath of the Wild, uh, I think it's going to add a lot to the table and a lot of the same ways that maybe like Majora's Mask did for Ocarina. But that's a discussion for another time. Um, We also did get a release on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online. We have a catalog of Game Boy, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games now. Uh, being emulated on the Switch, uh, not least of which included uh, Metroid Fusion. So it's a great time for Metroid fans all around. I mean, I don't know. I tend to sail the seven seas when it comes to playing these types of games. So uh, that's how I tend to play them. But yeah, if you want to get them on Switch, whatever. I mean, I have Nintendo Switch online. I think it's worth it. It's it's great. I mean, I pay not a whole lot for it. I I think I think I did the I think I did the annual one. And yeah, it's it's not that bad. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I understand if you're going to have a Nintendo Switch, I mean, you may as well pay for the service and everything. Well, and that's you know, where all like the virtual console, where all the consoles are. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's awesome. Again, I think it kind of helps that I did get the Switch online and the expansion pack uh, subscriptions uh, when I did because you know it's kind of helping uh, uh, justify that purchase for me as Nintendo's releasing more games on more consoles. Awesome. Good news there. Um, I think they had a, a uh, yeah they had a, a DLC for Fire Emblem Engage and in introducing Hector from Fire Emblem the Blazing Blade. Uh, I think that was the one that was the the uh, the best news to me was coming to Engage as an emblem. Nice, <laughs> that's awesome. Hell Go yeah. check out our episode on uh, Fire Emblem Engage uh, with Andrew Orozco from Geek News Now. That that was uh, that was a fun episode as well. I have yet to listen to it, but yeah, I mean, y'all y'all talked about COD, right? The, the, uh, the new COD game. The most our the most, most recent, recent episode was on COD, and uh, that was with the Jacked Up Review Show podcast. Okay, so what was this one that uh, you were talking about? Oh, uh, honestly, I'm so high, I just forgot. <laughs> what the fuck? We See, were well, I'm, I'm high, and that's why I'm asking. So. Objection! <laughs> Hold it! <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Anything else uh, noteworthy in the gaming new, uh, in the world of gaming? Um, as you've seen, Bo. I mean, I don't know. You're not as much in the sphere as I am, but I know you're on Twitter. So, I mean, not entirely. I mean, I do tweet some gaming content here or there, you yeah. know. But it's it's usually about you know the latest release of something that's out on Switch or you know maybe an ad for like God of War Ragnarok if it's if I see it, you know. But uh, I mean, for me in the world of gaming, I just updated my retro arc recently, so I've been having fun with that. Nice. Also, also playing N64 games on that. So, hey, yeah, that, that, that's what I've been doing gaming-wise. And also, I guess I have a PS4 now. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm selling you my PS4 because I got a PS5, so there's a little bit of personal yeah, news there, for there you guys. You, go. you got the pers- you got the PS5, bro. Got the PS5. I'm so fucking oh, stoked, man. It's shit, bro. fucking awesome. Uh, I was playing Modern Warfare 2 on it uh, in preparation for that bonus round episode we just did with uh, Cam from Jacked Up Review Show. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that was a great time. Um, I'm loving the PS5 so far. Huge difference. Um, if you have the opportunity to get one, get one. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, so that's it for personal news. Uh, I did pre-order Resident Evil 4 Remake, by the way, and there is a uh, demo out, the the Chainsaw demo, uh, which features uh, the whole like village segment, which is, which is a pretty fairly accurate recreation of the village segment from uh, Resident Evil 4 original from what I played. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I really, really, really need to play it. But that first area has actually like expanded a lot. I played through the demo; it, it's fun, and I I've been seeing that Resident Evil Four is getting from critics uh, uh, ten out of tens, nine point five out of tens, like perfect scores or near perfect scores. So I'm really really hyped now. Um, we're, we are doing a game lunch episode on that. So <laughs> awesome! I mean, yeah, modern Resident Evil has really been knocking it out of the park for the for the most part recently. I mean, I don't know about the Resident Evil Three remake, but yeah. Pretty much from uh, seven on to uh, this current remake. I mean, they've really been uh, they have really been on their game. Seriously, like, ser- seriously. I mean, I, Capcom. I, w- I was impressed with the Resident Evil Two remake. It, it was a lot of fun to play. Capcom is on their is on their game, and that does not exclude the uh, the Ace Attorney franchise because uh, the series is still going strong. We've been getting um, you know TV sh- or anime adaptations. Uh, stage shows, a live-action movie, which we covered. And uh, pr- I-, I think at some point soon we should be getting a new like mainline Ace Attorney game. Ace Attorney 7 would be great. But, I mean, even then, the great Ace Attorney Chronicles came out not that long ago. So this is another franchise that uh, Capcom has definitely been pouring love into, even though it's it's not their, uh, their flagship. Um, and, yeah, that's why I'm really excited to talk about the Ace Attorney trilogy, because... Ooh, I've been I've been so excited to get into this series for a while now on the podcast. Ever since I started playing it last year, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you've played through this like several times on uh, iOS, right? I did, and I played the the bad port of the I, bad iOS port. Oh the, shit, the shitty one, huh? The shitty one, and I still fell in love with the franchise. I got addicted right away, and that started with Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, the first game. Um, and while we, we will be talking about the trilogy as a whole, we're this specifically this episode, part one, uh, we're going to be focusing on that one. And yeah, let me tell you, this really hooked me in right away. Same here, man. I mean, I never really gave this series a chance because, I mean, truth be told, I've never been much of a, uh, of a uh, portable gamer, you know? So, I mean, I was only, like, really just kind of somewhat familiar with Phoenix Wright and what it was. And I was like, oh, it's, it's like a lawyer simulator. But, I mean, actually watching a playthrough of this game and coming to understand the actual mechanics of it and everything, it's like, I mean, it, it, it was originally pitched as a detective uh, sim. Yeah. So they just kind of uh, put the uh, legal aspect to it to just kind of add some tension and some... Uh, also have uh, players kind of, you know, use your deductive reasoning skills to find the contradictions and everything. And Yes. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that really, really, really just kind of brought me into this. And just, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun just going through all the trial segments and just picking through testimony and everything and cross-examining. I mean, th- that was exciting. I know. That's exactly my experience with this, bro, because this is one of those series that, like, I was gaming during the Nintendo DS era. Like, I had a DS. This series was something that I always saw, like, mentioned. It just never, you know, really jumped out at me. Um, And like you, I'm like, I'm really into, like, the murder mystery type stuff, so I'm kind of surprised I didn't. Yeah, I mean, if this would have come out in my time when I was a little bit younger, I would have been hooked on this because... I mean, there was a, a game that came out on Super Nintendo that reminds me a lot of this. You had to have some geography knowledge. It was, oh, uh, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Or where on right. earth is Car- Carmen Sandiego? 
And I mean, it had a kind of some uh, similar uh, like detective uh, sequences, but you know, it was uh, like edutainment. You know, it was geography based and everything. But here, I mean, it kind of has that similar uh, feel to it. Yes. You know, just just more story based and whatnot, and you know, it has that visual novel presentation and everything. But yeah, if this, if this would have came out when I was maybe a little bit younger, like. This would have been totally my jam because I'm the type of person, like, I've read quite a bit of, like, the Sherlock Holmes canon. You know, I, I liked uh, Hardy Boys back in the day and Nancy Drew and, you know, Ellery Queen and uh, Alfred Hitchcock magazines and whatnot. M Mysteries was totally my thing. And, I mean, to finally see something that's an actual mystery sim like this, I mean, this is really awesome. Right? Okay, so it's it's kind of a visual novel adventure. I mean, that's actually what Wikipedia has yeah, it on. That, that, it, it's really more like a point-and-click adventure. That, that, really? that's, yeah, that's the other thing is that, you know, I'm very familiar with point-and-click adventures, you know, having grown up in the 90s, you know. Like, I mean, that was kind of the heyday of that type of gaming. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, this has a lot of those elements, more so that I would call this more or less a, a point-and-click adventure. I mean... The visual novel elements are really only with just the conversations between the characters. Everything else is uh, very much kind of point-and-click style uh, gameplay. Right. So Ace Attorney shifts between like investigation and courtroom segments, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the gameplay here in a bit, but I uh, just wanted to kind of go over some of, some of the facts of the case here. Um, Ace Attorney... See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in the, the, uh, the theme here in the background. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Reminder of myself to do that. But uh, it was developed and published by Capcom in 2001, originally for the Game Boy Advance. Now, that was a Japan-exclusive release. So years later, in, in uh, 2005, we finally got it on the DS internationally. And that was actually after the other two games in the trilogy had came out. Now, interestingly enough, the thing about the Game Boy Advance is that it never had any backlight to it. So... I can only imagine playing this game on the Game Boy Advance, you know? I mean, I, I bet you had to kind of maybe squint a little hard, you know? I mean, <laughs> it never had the best screen. That, that, that's what kind of pulled me away from Game Boy Advance uh, when it came out, you know? And, yeah. And it's like playing, playing this on that, I mean, I can't imagine. I, I'm kind of glad that I got to experience on, a, uh, on an HD setup. This is true. And, and the version that hit the States first was the DS version. And apparently that actually, you know, took advantage of the DS's touchscreen controls, obviously. I mean, I played uh, both of the iOS ports that have come out, one of which is significantly better than the other. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so like like the touchscreen controls, I kind of understand. But the, the, the DS also had mechanics like being able to uh, use the microphone. And, um, and and being able to shout objection during trial segments. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish we could have had that uh, option here because that would have been a very immersive. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been fucking amazing um, to, to experience. So, uh, yeah, and all the, the versions of the game that I've played, and I've played on... Um, I've played on the uh, the original iOS port. I've played uh, th that was the, the trilogy version of the, of the game, um, and then the later port that is basically the same one that was on other consoles, um, like the PS4 one that we played. Uh, that port later got ported to iOS and replaced the other one, and this port is, is actually much better. Um, yeah, this is the, the standard trilogy port. So you can actually play it on uh, Xbox One, on PS4. You can play it on PC uh, and on iOS, Android. And, and you're going to have a, a, a decent experience of uh, a great experience, actually, of this game. And also, from what I understand, uh, the physical uh, media copies of these games are they've actually kind of gone down in price recently because of all of the different ports and whatnot. So you could actually find this on DS for about 15 bucks. It's really not that hard to find nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you could even, you can play that on a DS or a 3DS. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's actually an excellent option. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, it, it, you can, obvi obviously you always want to play on original hardware if you can, if you can, you know, um, you can also sail the open seas if you'd like. Uh, some of the Yo, games ho, in this franchise ho. will require you to do that. Yo ho ho! Or, and a bottle of rum. Yeah. So yeah, that that that's unfortunate. Well, actually, one or two really. But 
that is an option to experience the greatness that is uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. I think what really stuck out of this game at the time and why I think it it became such a I don't want to say like a like a huge success, like something like you know Resident Evil, but uh, to a, a, a much uh, surprising success, I would say, yeah, a, a surprising success given the uh, number of spinoffs, sequels, adaptations. I think what that boiled down to was just this clever way of hooking you in with the courtroom segments in particular. And, and really, that's actually how the, the game starts. It starts with the very uh, the tutorial case, right, where you're defending Larry. Yeah. yeah. It, it pretty much uh, throws you right in the defendant's lobby. You're about to go into the courtroom. And, I mean, you pretty much get like a, uh, a cursory overview of what the case is and everything, which is kind of stand- it sets the standard for the rest of the game pretty well yeah and, and yeah you go right into a trial and uh, it yeah it, it, that's actually a, a good angle to start the game at you know it's just get right into the gameplay you know and then introduce the uh the investigative uh, elements just in the next segment exactly and i will say yeah the courtroom segments of the game are definitely where ace attorney shines uh the investigation segments are all right um, but I, I think like what, where where the the series really comes to life is is during the courtroom, which is funny considering that it it was originally you know kind of uh, the the idea stemmed from a detective game, but but the courtroom aspect of it is is really what uh, took over and what spawned all of the clones. <laughs> yeah, that ended up you know the fan games and whatnot. Oh, the fan games! <laughs> I can't wait to get to the fan games. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I know what you're thinking, and no. <laughs> Objection! <laughs> well, objection. Well, I can override that objection with these updated autopsy reports. <laughs> what, did Gumfuck not tell you? Gumfuck not tell you? Salary cutting noises. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, objection, dumbass. Haven't you heard? You absolute failure. Did Gumfuck not tell you? Your garbage excuse of a hypothesis. I'll shove my entire cravat up your ass because it's fucking wrong. Why? Well, you little bitch. If you could take a look at this while I'm fucking up. But yeah, no, the uh, the courtroom segments are a lot of fun. I think what, what was really awesome was the whole aspect of like cornering the, the culprit of the case, right? Like at some point, one of the witnesses is a culp is the real culprit. And you're you're trying to um, to basically prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. You're actually basically putting them on trial in order to acquit your client at the end. I mean, that's that's pretty much how it were. It goes in every case. Yeah, it is kind of a crap sack legal system that you have to deal with here. I mean, the burden of proof is entirely on the defense, pretty much that they are that the defendant is innocent, and it's like, yeah. I mean, it does make for a little more of a harrowing experience with the gameplay, but damn in real life that would fucking suck man seriously like, there's a, a three-day system and all all cases have to be resolved in three days and um the the uh trial always overwhelmingly uh favors the prosecution for some reason like the prosecution by default is 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 right even if you're at the end of a trial and you've basically proven it. You just don't have the decisive evidence. If if you lose, if you happen to get a game over at that point, you know, uh, the uh, the judge does rule guilty. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you could totally uh, make the wrong decision and get a uh, get a guilty verdict for your client. And I mean, we we haven't really experienced that. No, because uh, one one part of it is is that like. I know what I'm doing. I've played through the game like twice now before we played it this third time together. Yeah. yeah. So like I know the game pretty well. And on top of that, uh, I'm, I'm a master of saving and reloading. And this game and, and most of the modern ports gives you the ability to fucking save nearly anywhere you want to within a trial and you can reload. And you know what? That's fine. That's part of the gameplay. Yeah, it, it's totally acceptable. I mean, it, it's it's pretty much the uh, RPG uh, logic, you know. Save, save, and if you haven't saved yet, save again. Yeah, but but where the meat comes is is you know it's basically like these. This is what like what like solving puzzles in dungeons is to Zelda. Uh, to, to Ace Attorney is the cross examination 
Uh, and and that, what that is is you listen through a testimony once through, and then at the end of that testimony, you get to listen through it again and kind of scrub through the testimony. And you have to find the part of it of of the witness, you know, a witness, the, the part of the witness's testimony, the statement that uh, is a contra, you know, contrary to the evidence that you have in your possession, and you have to present that evidence. And, and there's just something that's really exciting, you know, and and, and determining that, right? There really is. I mean, it, it, it's where you know. People who have really strong reading comprehension, they're the ones who will really excel at these games, you yeah. know, because you really have to just hang on to like every word that the witnesses say. You really you really have to hang on to all that. You really have to listen during the uh, the investigation phases. You you really have to take things to heart and take things to commit things to memory and whatnot. I mean, it, it's it's a lot to take in, but I mean, it's so rewarding when you're actually in the courtroom and you're whittling down a witness's testimony and then they start, it starts going on a tangent and then you lead to the truth. Exactly. And I think that's the most satisfying part of it is, is finding the truth, pursuing it. Uh, even whenever you don't think that the current line of thinking is going to, you know, support your case with your client. Um, you know, you have to pursue the truth no matter what it is, and you usually end up turning these trials about. I mean, that's where the Japanese title comes from, Turnabout Trial, and the, the title of most of the episodes has Turnabout in it. But it's, it's the idea of, uh, of turning a case on, uh, you know, upside down and just completely, you know, locked room mysteries are not uncommon in the Ace Attorney franchise. And there's always some convoluted way, and they get more and more complicated as, they, as you move, you know, especially through the trilogy. It really is. I mean, I, of course, I mean, I only have a little bit of an understanding of the other two games because, you know, we only did the first game. Yeah. But, yeah, just, uh, you know, seeing uh, Phoenix Wright actually grow from a rookie all the way up to an actual season pro. I mean, that, from my understanding, that's like the best experience of, of this game. Yes. You know, it's, the, it's the best part of the game is just, you know, I mean, you're kind of growing along with Phoenix a little bit. Right, exactly, and and it's a lot of fun. So you know the the the, uh, the story starts, of course, with Phoenix defending his uh, childhood friend Larry Butts. When something smells, it's usually the butts, right? It, it's usually the butts. It all it always is, right? <laughs> yes. Especially in that Steel Samurai <laughs> uh, storyline. Like, oh my God! Come on, man. Something smells. It's usually the butts. Um, yeah. So you're defending Larry at first. Uh, you, you have a uh, a lifeline essentially who who saves the trial uh, for you at one point, which is Mia Fey, the uh, mentor. And apparently, the tutorial case wasn't originally included in the game. Originally, it would have started with the second case, Turnabout Sisters. But they decided to include a tutorial case, which kind of explained the mechanics of the game to you, and also uh, had some of a uh, uh, you know, demonstration of the relationship between Mia and Phoenix. And it really is an interesting relationship. I mean, she really has taken Phoenix under her wing and everything. And, you know, she's really nurturing his, uh, his abilities in court and whatnot. Yeah. And that's what makes her early death in the series. So interesting, you know, it, it, it really, really like just influences just, everything that comes after it you know i mean especially when you get into like the dl9 case and what now DL6. dl6 yeah i mean that's crazy yeah yeah no it, it uh and I, I like how you know the film actually covered uh, i think turnabout sisters which is the next case and uh, turnabout goodbyes so you kind of understood uh the major you know uh, plots and, and twists and, and characters of those but you know really i i you know we got the opportunity together to to kind of now compare that experience which i'd already gone through before but obviously but uh, of seeing you know that full exp those expanded cases right and, and like all of the investigations in between and yeah yeah, and, and and just you know some of the, just the most outrageous characters that just come to life. I mean, even within like the next case, Turnabout Sisters, you have uh, uh, Red White. Oh man, Red White. He's a lot more ostentatious in this version than he was in the movie. Needless to yeah. say, like, I mean, he's very flamboyant. He's uh, got pink hair. He's pretty much like, hey, 
I own everything, man. It's like, you can't touch me. Turnabout Sisters is the case where your mentor from the first case, Mia Fey, is dead. And now you have to defend her sister, Maya, who is uh, arrested. And charged with her murder, we might add. Right, exactly. <laughs> and And so, like... Right away, you kind of get the sense that Maya is just not the culprit. I think as a player, it's very obvious. Well, that and they also show us the culprit at the beginning of the uh, episode, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's really the only other case that kind of does that. In the, the first game. two do the fir- that, yeah. The first two, yeah. Kind of show you the culprit so that when you see them take the witness stand, you kind of like go off and be like, oh, I still, I've seen this guy before. Okay, is this the culprit? It was, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's, it's really well done. But anyway, um, yeah, so you're defending Maya. And I, I think right away we just know, like, there's no way she could have done it. She's just, just way too sweet. Absolutely. I mean, she, she's a very naive, young and just, you know, inexperienced kid, you know. And I mean, she just had that dumped in her lap, you know, her, her sister's death. And now she's being accused of it. It's like. I mean, yeah, you got to help her, man. It's like you got to help her out. I know. Like, like you, you just immediately want to do that. And I love how the game just kind of pulls you in. Like, I was hooked in just from that first trial segment, you know, doing uh, uh, defending Larry and, and uh, cornering uh, Mr. Frank saw it. Oh, yeah. That, that is uh, hilarious whenever he gets flustered and he just throws that toupee at you. <laughs> That's what it's about. It's every every the, the culprit witness always has a breakdown animation, and it's fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, immediately, you know, you're kind of just hooked into the story and the characters. Um, you had some time to kind of get to know Mia and so you you do kind of feel the the loss there for Phoenix. I mean that that's a lifeline that he had, and now he's on his own defending Maya and then himself. But Mia is still very much a present character throughout most of the game as well in right. her own way. Because know? of the spirit channeling. And the, that's what really actually took me out for a minute. Because when I was playing the game, I was just like, okay, it's like a courtroom drama. She's like, okay, she's a spirit medium. But, like, she doesn't really do that. And then she really does it. You know, I guess the skeptic in me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, and she pretty much takes up Mia's form in Maya's clothing. And her her tits enlarge. <laughs> yes, her tits enlarge. They 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 become much larger. Yeah, Mia is fucking. Mm. She 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 does have that maternal quality to her. Does, but yeah, no, no. Uh, Mia is is hot, and Maya is one of my favorite characters. I mean, she's just so adorable. She is great, man. It's like she knows how to liven up the the situation. You know, whenever. You yeah. Know? But I mean, she's also very sincere and very you know, heartfelt at times. Exactly. I just, she's genuinely one of my favorite characters. And I'm so glad they reintroduced her back in Spirit of Justice because, like, I really, really missed her whole dynamic with Wright. Um, Wright himself, I mean, Phoenix is, uh, I think, actually kind of a really interesting character because he's not just, like, one note or, or, like, faceless. You know, he's actually, you know, got quite a bit of um, character to him, right? Lots of personality to him, you know. I mean, and, and li- like I said, you you see him grow uh, throughout the uh, different games, you know. So here in this game, you really feel his naivete, but you also see it kind of, you know, melt off as he becomes more and more confident in in his uh, court cases and everything. And he does get more confident over time, and especially in the later games. And it's actually really awesome to see his journey from you know a rookie attorney um, to you know a name in the world of, you know, in the legal world. But I, what I like about him is that he's also very sarcastic. Oh, man, his wit is uh, top-notch, especially if he has to go toe-to-toe with, you know, people like Edgeworth all the time. You know, <laughs> he, yeah, he's, he's got to have that a little bit of that wit. Yeah. But, but also dealing with Maya as well, you know. I mean, he's she's still just kind of, uh, to him, an annoying kid, you know, so. He always plays the straight man, but then, like, he, when you see his ass get kicked in court. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. He he, uh, he could be a little goofy. Yeah. I, I love, like, that mix with his character. Um, and, and it makes for an interesting dynamic with Maya and, of course, with uh, Mr. Edgeworth. Edgeworth. Did Gumfuck not tell you? <laughs> um, actually, objection, dumbass. It's because your fucking your entire fucking hypothesis is wrong. <laughs> I'll shove your entire hypothesis up 
I'll shove a cravat up my ass because you're, you're it's your fucking wrong. Your fucking entire wrong. hypothesis is garbage. I'll shove it in my cravat up your ass because it's fucking wrong. That's it. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, man, the memes that this game inspired are great, actually. The clown girl? The clown girl. It's but like That was from a later game. But um, even this game introduced uh, the almost Christmas meme. And then uh, this, the uh, Ace Attorney shitposting group, Ace Attorney ladder posting, actually uh, has uh, around uh, Christmas time, they changed the name to uh, Ace Attorney Almost Christmas Posting. Um, it's almost Christmas. Every 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 December. Yeah. It's almost weird. Christmas means it wasn't Christmas. <laughs> it's like it's weird the it's weird that, that became a that particular line became a meme. It's funny. And then of course the ladder joke, which is a gag that appears actually at least once in every game, apparently. So so is it a ladder or a step ladder? Well, I think that maybe you shouldn't be think so narrow mindedly about it or whatever the fuck Maya says. I, I, I think it's a ladder. <laughs> uh, actually, it's a step ladder. Objection. Uh, overruled. It's a fucking ladder. Hold it. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the dynamic between Phoenix and Edgeworth, I think there's really central focus. I mean, obviously, they're the Internet's favorite couple. And you know what? At one point, I was Phoenix and Maya from like game two on. Now I don't know. I might I might be switching allegiances on, uh, on my uh, by my third playthrough of the series of the game. Phoenix and Mia all the way. Phoenix and Mia. If she was no, because she was Mia alive. Mia has somebody. Oh, that's you'll right. find out in Trials and Tribulations. Oh, okay, I see. And you know what? Um, yeah, never mind. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get oh, to that. Oh, damn it! But yeah, no. Otherwise, though, I mean, yeah, yeah, Mia. Mm. Uh, Mia, Mia, Mia X me, okay? Phoenix can have Mr. Edgeworth. I, oh, okay. Or okay. I'll have, you know, Phoenix and Edgeworth together. Menage a trois. I'd be cool with that. Oh, okay. Gotta get that, gotta get that prosecution dick. Gotta get that, that lawyer dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess so, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, my sexuality is actually Ace Attorney Prosecutors. Let's be real. Ace Attorney Prosecutors. Wow. Yeah. Edgeworth, uh, Von Karma, uh, Franziska Von Karma, to be specific. Uh, not the other one. No. Just no. No. Um, and uh, Godot. Godot. Daddy. The dude, with, the dude with the visor. Drinks the coffee. You'll, you'll, you'll love him, too. Uh, trust me, bro. But uh, Edgeworth. <laughs> Yes. Okay. What? What? This is actually more of like a character journey for Edgeworth in a lot of ways, isn't it? It really is because I mean he starts off all brash and you know cocky and everything, like he's always getting his guilty verdicts. But when he starts clashing with Phoenix Wright, it starts to kind of challenge him a little bit, you know. Especially the nature of the cases that he gets involved in, like especially when we start getting into the DL six case and whatnot. And, and the origins of that and how that uh, led to his current predicament in that particular episode. But, I mean, Edgeworth, he, he at the end of the game, he is pretty much, like, done with all this shit. You know, he's done with the corruption. Yep. He, he's starting to realize that, you know, maybe he was just as much of a pawn as uh, anybody else was in the end. He has a really interesting character arc, especially considering that there are technically you know two different versions of the story because the original gba game had the first four cases and it ended with turnabout goodbyes but the ds version the international version of the game uh added rise from the ashes to the end which has even more interesting implications for uh edgeworth uh as he appears in uh justice for all um which which i guess you'll get to see but i mean he does really go through like a character journey here because he start to start off with he's prosecuting against his childhood friend cuz Phoenix, Edgeworth and Larry are all uh they're all uh fucking uh they're childhood friends. They're all childhood friends. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Edgeworth is Edgeworth because nobody calls him Miles. In fact, if his father were still alive, he would say, "No, no, no. Uh my name call me Gregory. My son is Mr. Edgeworth." <laughs> Edgeworth. <laughs> or Edgy. Or edgy, edgy poo, edgy poo, or worthy, 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 worthy. But he has an interesting character arc, right? Because he goes from uh, prosecuting his childhood friend, 
um, and and getting defeated in it, uh, uh, for the first time, his as of then undefeated record broken, uh, gets his ass kicked again. So that wasn't just a fluke in uh, Turnabout Samurai, and, and then he sits in the defendant's chair and Turnabout goodbyes. Yeah, and. I mean that he's so prideful in that one. I mean, he sees Phoenix right. He's like, "No, what are you doing here? Like, like, what the fuck are you doing here? Right? Seriously? Yeah." And you actually have to convince him to, uh, you know, in order to defend him. And Phoenix defends him. And then f- poor fucking Edgeworth gets caught up in another case that has uh, an unfortunate, you know, consequences on his psyche because uh, Rise from the Ashes kind of deals with a lot of the corruption that went behind the scenes. Um, kind of, I guess, tying into Edgeworth's more sympathetic character in the later games and kind of basically resolving that, you know, rumor of did he did he forge evidence? Did he not? Well, yeah, of course, you know, I mean, it, it, I mean, it turns out he didn't. We'll, we'll say that, thankfully. But, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but he's fucking done. And so they actually originally when they released the later games, there was a... Uh, there, there, there was a, a, a an inconsistency error because of the added rise from the ashes case, but that's since been resolved in uh, newer trilogy parts. Um, but yeah, no, it actually has uh, pretty interesting implications on his character arc overall. Um, and yeah, like you said, I mean, I seeing Phoenix grow from rookie to uh, that takes town Manfred von fucking Karma. Oh, von Karma, that bastard. That bastard. Isn't he a lot more, like, I don't know, sinister than he was in the film, do you think? He's very sinister. Objection! The original courtroom adventure is back. Bigger and bolder than ever before. Join rookie attorney Phoenix Wright as you solve intriguing and intricate cases and protect your innocent clients from false accusations. Unreliable witnesses work relentlessly to stack the deck against you. Hold it! Turn the tables around. See through their lies and call them out. Objection! Objection! Face off against a trio of prosecutors, each of whom are cunning and fearsome in their own right. Experience a battle of wits unlike any other. Uncover the truth and save the day. Yeah, man, Von Karma, that fucking bastard. Jesus Christ. Man, he is just, he rules everything with an iron fist. Like, I mean, he's even, like, just directing the judges, like, judge. It's like, verdict, now. Yes, this fucking bastard. Um, he is just, ah. Uh, Von Karma is 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 uh, the man that, he's the final boss of the game, basically. So you have uh, Turnabout Sisters where you defend Maya. She joins onto your team. She becomes your, your assistant through the rest of the series, uh, through the rest of the game. Um, you go through Turnabout Samurai, which was kind of a more like one-off case. I mean, that was one that we got to you got to see for the first time. Yeah, that's kind of an okay one. I mean, I've heard that there's a little bit of a meme in the fandom that, you know, the third cases are usually kind of the shitty cases, sort of. They're usually the weaker ones the, in, this, yeah, in the game. That's the true. Ones. That's very true. Turnabout Big Top. Yeah, but, but what was... Uh, and, uh, uh, let's see. Third one is... Is it Recipe for Turnabout? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, th- those are typically That is seen, the weakest one of that game, too. Yeah, yeah, they're typically seen as uh, weaker episodes. But I thought that it was cool because it was uh, based in a uh, TV and film studio, man. I mean, and 
and you know it's obvious you know that you know there were like fanboys you know like old bags of fangirl of uh, the <laughs> uh, victim and everything you know or the or the erstwhile murderer i don't know yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and then there's the fucking Salmonella character. <laughs> Salmonella, oh my god. By the way, yeah, the names. So there was, what, Frank Saw It, Frank Red Saw White, It, April May, Penny uh, Nichols. The Dick Gumshoe. Dick Gumshoe. Why haven't we talked about Gumshoe? Gumshoe the is the... lovable. Gumshoe is the best, man. I mean, he's still a bastard, but he's a lovable bastard. He's a lovable bastard, man. I mean... Yeah, he, he really uh, grows on you, like, really, really quickly, you know? And, I mean, he's he idolizes Edgeworth so much, you know, which is kind of, kind of adorable in its own way. Even though he's a fuck-up and he didn't have, and he had the outdated autopsy report, right? Oh, yeah, no, no, he totally, completely fucked it up, and that's why the salary-cutting noises are getting louder <laughs> and louder and louder for him. But, man, yeah, no, he just he, he, he just tries so hard for, for Edgeworth. He does, man. And, and it really hurts him whenever it turns out that, yeah, they fucked up. You know, he's, <laughs> he's just like, damn it, man. I let, I let everybody down. I let Edgeworth down. I know, the, the, like, the bashful head, head scratch. Yeah, he's just like, damn it, man. Sorry, pal. Sorry, pal. Everybody is pal. I love I, it. Yeah. Oh, I love Gumshoe so much. He's, definitely, he's also one of my favorite characters in the whole series. But yeah, no, you have the uh, the Turnabout Samurai case. He's in that one. Um, and then we finally get to Turnabout Goodbyes. Edgeworth is in the defendant's chair. And uh, Von Karma, the final boss. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Back around to that. I kind of wanted to lead back into that. Yeah, back to Von Karma. It's yeah. it, As far as final bosses are concerned, I mean, like, like I said, he's formidable. He has control of the court. I mean, he pretty much knows your next move and everything i mean he has a retort for every contradiction that you uh that you bring up i mean you really have to wheel like kind of wheedle at him a little bit you know kind of needle at him and just kind of you know chip away at his uh, facade well he's perfect and he, he has an undefeated 40-year record as a prosecutor except for one day which yeah leads to his downfall leads to his downfall the one imperfection exactly. in his in his record leads to his his complete you know downfall and you know it is basically it, it, it is in, in implied in the later games that he was executed well i mean good he's a bastard fuck him. a fucking bastard but yeah no like he controls the courtroom like you said earlier and so just trying to pick pick away at that and, and, and really like just constantly you know having to, to struggle to get the upper hand against his his perfectly composed testimonies and just finally needing almost a little bit of luck to even you know find the evidence that's that's really gonna gonna be the yeah because in that case there's some testimony that is almost like just so rock solid that i mean we had to kind of go over it like several times over it you know? yeah i mean you really have to like kind of parse through everything and like really look at the evidence that you have and, and just make sure that the evidence that you want to present is going to, beyond a shadow of a doubt, prove what you're trying to say. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's what's most fun about the game is just finding the, the logical progression to, to really unravel the case. And sometimes you're, you're, you're there and you know exactly what it is. And I think a great example of that is the final trial segment uh, in uh, Turnabout Goodbyes where you're just really nailing the the, the you know the coffin on von karma putting the pressure on for both uh the current case and the dl6 incident from 15 years ago it, it is just fucking amazing uh you know and you know i think there's that kind of that sense of satisfaction when no i know where this is going i mean you and i were just getting into it the pursuit theme is playing and then, and then we finally find something in the testimony where we're like oh wait no they fucked up they fucked yep. up it, it, it's like the minutes to society you know you know, Robert, Robert just walked in. You know, it's like, hey, you see what you did there, right? You done fucked up. Exactly. I mean, you Ooh. you get to that moment there, you know. Slipped up. They slipped up. He's like, no, you fucked up. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you bought the beer at 1230. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it's just a, honestly, on its own, I mean, I still see how it works as a fitting conclusion to that game. It really is, you know. 
I mean, I know that there's some people that kind of were a little upset with it being canonized, sort of, because it kind of messes up, uh, like, Edgeworth's uh, storyline a little bit. Oh, you're talking about Rise from the Ashes Rise from now. the Ashes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rise from the Ashes also definitely works, but it's best to kind of just view it as, like, a separate standalone case than you know because there is kind of a, a, a whole narrative arc working with the first four cases which was what was translated into Mia case film right yeah but um because they they fit like a cohesive narrative but rise from the ashes is kind of its own thing but i will say that rise from the ashes on its own is easily one of the best cases in the franchise and god damn was it fucking long man we we finished that motherfucker up at four o'clock in the morning this last <laughs> night dude and we when we we didn't do it all in one section like the other cases we we just kind of uh bull bulldoze through in one night you know in one sitting but this one no, took a, this one took a couple of nights to get through it is uh i believe the longest uh game in the uh or longest case sorry in the trilogy um if if not the series yeah man yeah you feel every minute of it too but you really, really, really get drawn into it. It's it's a superlative uh, case, honestly. And uh, Damon Gant makes for as compelling, if not more, of a of a final boss than a von Karma. That's I I almost think that Gant is probably a little more more formidable. I mean, yeah, because he has his uh, influence in the police department as well as the prosecutor's department. Yeah, he is a fucking like like that. What a he's the chief of the police. So like, what a formidable antagonist. And you basically have to fucking take him down. And what's funny is you don't even really suspect him until the final day, like, or the final investigation segment, I should say, uh, is really because throughout that point he was intimidating, but he hadn't had this jovial attitude, right? Yeah, he's so jovial. Like I I actually liked him at first. I was just like, oh, he seems cool. But then it's just like, oh no, he's a massive controlling power hungry dick yeah yeah um and of course you get in and uh, you're defending lana sky the sister of emma emma is basically like the she's kind of the maya of this case but she becomes her own character and, and appears uh, uh elsewhere in the series and and uh, matures in later games yeah it's it's really interesting to see uh her, them introduce this character and also the parallel that they have with the face sisters you know mm -hmm. yeah because they're, they're they all actually draw that parallel right like mia and maya and lana and i almost i almost want to say that uh emma's character model is almost close to uh maya's character model she even kind of has the little uh the little ponytail on top as well yeah so i mean maybe it was just kind of a little easier to redraw yeah, I think so. I think there's definitely some some parallels, the intentional parallels there uh, with uh, Emma's character. But she does kind of come into her own. Uh, another element of the case is another character that made their way into the franchise, despite this being a later inclusion as a, as a case, uh, the Blue Badger. <laughs> the Blue Badger, yeah. It actually... <laughs> Yeah, plays a interesting role in the in Rise from the Ashes when it, when it was actually it, it was actually introduced here, right? Yeah, yeah. This was the uh, well. So the Blue Badger, I, I believe, is is an examinable prop in the background in uh, Turnabout Goodbyes. Yeah. If you go to the Criminal Affairs Department, but that's it. This is where they really kind of fully flesh that out. If I'm not mistaken, um, I just played this three times over, so that that should be right. Yeah, and, and that goddamn plywood fucking prop is so creepy. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> and, and apparently, you know, the, the whole origin of the Blue Badger that actually becomes a pivotal part of the case, right? It does, yeah. It, it actually kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it points uh, to the uh, so-called culprit of the evidence room murder. Yeah, and then you basically... Yeah almost proof that it was emma that, that committed the murder in sl9 which is obviously a parallel to dl6 yeah total parallel um yeah. and again dealing with with in both of those cases pulling up a trial from before that was as of then unresolved and but about to get a, a lid on it and and bringing up and solving both that and the current case really fucking awesome that, that that's why these two these two cases uh turn about goodbyes and rise from the ashes really stand out but anyway um, yeah, using that, and then uh, basically there's that heart-sinking feeling where you realize that, like, oh, what, fuck, Emma fucking did uh, the SL9 incident. But then you turn it around at the end, and she really didn't. And that's something that's really incredible about, about Ace Attorney. Sometimes, like, 
you'll really think that there's no other way, but the, the, the game will really turn it around the logic around and just like uncovering that bit by bit is just really that's what the formula. Oh yeah. I mean, you will have a line of reasoning where you'll where you'll be like, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is what this part this part particular bit of evidence is going to prove here, but you know, you can easily go down a different tangent. It'll it'll change things around on you. Yeah. It is just fucking exhilarating. I just immediately fell in love with this franchise because of this game, honestly. Um, I guess we'll we'll sort of kind of get into our final thoughts here, uh, starting with you, Bo. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, what's your verdict? Oh, the verdict is totally awesome, man. I mean, th- this is such an engaging and immersive point-and-click adventure game, and it, it really even has a little bit of a nostalgia factor, you know, like I said, going back to the 90s when those type of games were really, really prevalent. You know, I mean, I kind of wish that I kind of wish that this uh, series would have brought a lot more of that type of gameplay back, you know, which you, th- you would think would have worked on the DS and everything, you know, but um, I-, I like the characters, man. I mean, the characters were always interesting, even in the weaker cases. Yeah. I mean, they, they still had, you know, interesting people like like you know, I mean the in the, the uh, Steel Samurai case. I mean, you had like a, the you had Old Bag, you had Penny Nichols, you had Salmonella. I mean, it, it it was really really fun to like get to know those characters, you know, and kind of you know see how they work on the stand, you know, when you're actually yep. like cross examining them and everything. Like the, the best one was Windbag. Like taking on Windbag <laughs> was fucking you mean amazing. Old Bag, yeah. No, Windbag is, is just about the... I, I'd say that's about as accurate as well. She's an old Windbag. Back. Windy old bag. She's a windy old bag, yeah. I mean, old bitch. Windy old bitch. <laughs> no, that, that that was satisfying taking her on because it was just like, oh, you bitch, you need to be taking down a few pegs here. You know who was fun to take on? Uh, Jake Marshall. Oh, he was really fun, you know, because he's just... He, he was Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> he's 100% based off of Matthew McConaughey as a cowboy. I could see McConaughey. Dude, I mean, seriously, just look at his chiseled jaw and everything. It's like... And, and just if, if you just listen to his, his, uh, his lines in McConaughey's drawl, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Oh, fucking A. It, it, it is absolutely Matthew McConaughey. But... Yeah, I really enjoyed getting into this series, and I'm looking forward to playing and uh, through the rest of it. You know, through the other two games, and, and the games beyond that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think actually at this point we're on a trajectory where we're basically going to cover that um, in uh, the uh, collateral gaming itinerary uh overall i mean we 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 are going to cover every ace attorney game in some form or fashion i think by the by the time this is over well i i am down and i am here for it hell so yeah and let's do it that includes nothing else no fan games we 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 are not we are not going to cover no we we got to we've got to talk about the fan games we've got to talk about them we got to talk about the furry fan game. Objection! There was a furry fan game, ladies and gentlemen, and it is amazing. It is the most awesome thing that has ever been made, and I 100% endorse it. I'm not a furry myself, but hey, fur- furries trigger people, and that makes me happy. So Objection! So, yeah, play, play the furry game. That was objectionable. Play the furry game. And, 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 uh, and also the My Little Pony game. There, there, there's a brony version of this. Hold it! <laughs> there is a brony version of this game. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I love that those communities made games based on this. That, that's so fucking hilarious. <sighs> Maybe we will have to check out the furry game. The furry game. We have to do the furry game. We have to do the furry game. Yes, we have to do the furry game. I want to do the furry game. Uh, <laughs> I want to do the furry game. That, Objection. That would be hilarious. <laughs> anyway, my see, 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 everybody. He he needs to play the furry game. He's 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 getting all flustered. So Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is definitely very high up among um, the other games of the franchise for me. I'm going to put that out. I mean, I think the Ace Attorney trilogy is honestly like peak Ace Attorney right there. Is the original Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy. That's why we're covering it in two parts. 
Um, and that starts with Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. It is phenomenal. Like, even as a standalone game, I highly suggest that if you're interested in the franchise, start with this game, even though we spoiled most of it for you. Absolutely. Start start right from the beginning. Like, just get get right into that tutorial case and just go with it. It is easily the, the best, like, launching point. Uh, and that really says a lot. It has some of the best cases uh, in the franchise. And it is just iconic, setting up all of these characters. And it originally was, you know, Shu Takami actually had uh, uh, envisioned it as originally, like, a, a, a standalone project. He had basically poured everything into it and didn't think that there was anything else he could come up with. It, it makes sense if you really see the ending of the game. It, it, it seems like it really ties up a lot of the loose ends by the end. It does, but he manages to pull it off not once, but twice more, um, and then spawn an entire franchise after that. And it is, uh, man, the, the, at least the trilogy manages to like just continue that level of quality, if not even higher. I mean, Trials and Tribulations is actually my favorite game in the franchise, so stick around for part two where we're going to get into uh, Justice for All and Trials and Tribulations. Oh, by the way, the director, the, the dude that created... Uh uh, Ace Attorney. He worked on um, Resident Evil 1.5, which is something that we really need to talk about. Yeah, shoot, talking me. We actually yeah. didn't even talk about that, but he worked on not only Resident Evil 1.5, but uh, Dino Crisis, Dino Crisis Two, right? Dino Crisis Two, exactly. That that's kind of what uh, allowed him to make the uh, the pitch for Ace Attorney was uh, working was his success working on Dino Crisis Two. I know that is just. That's insane to me, and I and I love that you know he just kind of had this detective idea, you know, on the back burner, and finally fleshed it out into what we got, and it's a fantastic video game of its own right, and uh, really the best way to enter the franchise. It made me fall in love with the series, and that says a lot because this is easily uh, in my you know top five or top ten video games of all time. Absolutely, I mean. I have a feeling this is going to become a favorite of mine as uh, we go along here, you know. I mean, the series as a whole, I guess, in my in my <laughs> top five, top ten list. But, yes, yeah, starting with this one. Um, yeah, it is it is absolutely incredible. And I, I can't wait to get into the other two games. Bo, what is going on with Collateral Cinema? We just released our uh, review of Spaceballs not too long ago. Spaceballs the movie. Spaceballs the movie. The podcast episode. The podcast episode. Absolutely. Uh, we should have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming up with hindsight movie reviews and uh, our season finale, Corvette Summer, with uh, the Spy Hearts podcast. Uh, hopefully our buddy Robert will be there for both of those. Right, Robert? I'll be there. Definitely. Hell yeah, man. And uh, yeah, look for some uh, more Director's Cut uh, content coming very soon. Uh, we should probably also be having some other collaborations in the works, maybe one with Retro Anime Podcast coming up soon. So, yeah, look for that. Hell yeah. Uh, as for Collateral Gaming, we are going to be, like I mentioned earlier, examining the rest of the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy with Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, Justice for All, and Trials and Tribulations. Uh this month, we will also be covering Resident Evil 4 Remake with Mr. Dan Rockwood from Victims and Villains. And uh, I'm actually really excited. Like like we mentioned earlier, the, the glowing reviews of the game have definitely got me hyped. Um, additionally, we may have uh, another bonus round out this month. You know, either something like game recommendations or maybe even covering the Last of Us series because season one is over now and... Uh, that's a little bit of gaming news we didn't really cover, but it, that the the season finale just released, and man, uh, The Last of Us uh, is just a fantastic adaptation of the source material, and and uh, maybe we ought to talk about that. Absolutely, yeah, we should. I mean, I remember when y'all did the uh, Last of Us on uh, Collateral Gaming back in the day, and part two, and part two as well. So yeah, it would definitely be worth it to check that out. Yeah. So, and uh, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, go check us out on Patreon. Both Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming have $1 and $5 tiers. And pay any amount of money, and you will get access to exclusive uh, Let's Play video game commentaries from Collateral Gaming and exclusive full length movie commentaries from Collateral Cinema. 
And once we start to get at least uh, 10 or more patrons, or maybe we should lower the bar a little bit, maybe 5 to 10 patrons or somewhat. Once we have 5 to 10 uh, uh, regularly contributing patrons, we're going to start releasing our episodes uh, early, like a, a few days earlier than uh, when before we release uh, officially. Yeah. And also, um, when we start getting merchandise, we'll go ahead and start uh, giving some of that away as well, like maybe like a sticker or a coffee mug or something for like the $5 tier or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, look for that. And, and also, we may also do uh, Q&As and also, uh, uh, also Patreon polls. You know, you can uh, like determine what uh, movies we do for our commentaries and whatnot. So... Uh, just uh, start giving us uh, money, people, and uh, we'll start uh, giving, adding some more uh, perks to the uh, Patreon and whatnot. So, yeah, one dollar and five dollar tiers. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at C Gaming Podcast at C Cinema Podcast. Um, check us out on Good Pods, Pod Chaser, and um, stay tuned for more content. Uh, season. Five of Collateral Gaming and season six of Collateral Cinema are coming to a close soon. Um, I, I believe uh, with uh, Collateral Gaming, let's see, next month in April, we are going to be doing uh, our bad game month. So we'll have uh, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties and uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, as well as our 420 special on Conker's Bad Fur Day. That's going to be great, man. And then our season finale on The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, part one will be spoiler-free. Part two will go into full spoiler territory. Um, so whether that's the end of May or maybe even into June, uh, that's where we're ending. Excellent. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then um, we should actually have a bonus episode out on uh, uh, It Takes Two because that was something we cut out of our, our schedule Uh this season so uh i think we'll do that as like an interseason bonus episode and, and we need to do the uh arcade racing episode very soon probably next season that's what yeah. we should do um definitely either yeah either beat em ups or racing next time well actually next season for our anniversary we are uh we are revisiting the fable franchise so excellent yeah uh, just a little sneak peek of what uh, we've got planned. Um, but yeah, uh, this uh, I'm really excited to get into uh, the next two Ace Attorney games. So we'll see you guys then. So until then, I've been Ashley Chancellor, the defense. And I have been Bo Maddox for the prosecution. And this has been the trial of Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. And... Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.